Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord. We thank you that you have given us just the privilege to be called your children. And um, we thank you for giving your life for us. And we just pray now, Lord, that you will speak to us through your word. We pray, Father, I just submit myself to you, Lord, and I humble myself that you will speak to your people, Lord. We pray that everyone that has ears here will hear what you are saying and that this is the only thing that changes our lives, your word, Father. So we just, we, just have, we just ask that you have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, it's unbelievable how it is the end of January already. It's crazy. 2018, full effect. This is the last day, well, not the last day, but the last Sunday of the month. So, But I'm really excited for 2018. How many are really truly excited like it, it, I mean seriously if you're not then um, get with someone that is and just get your expectation up there because God is going to do some incredible things this year not just for our church but even in our individual lives I really feel like God is going to meet um, some very long desired expectations that we've had uh, personally with God he really wants to show us how much he loves us and how much he adores us as his children um so really watch really watch some things happen this year that are just going to blow you away let's get to the scriptures it is summer sessions and i'm not going to be up here long at all so we're going to go to matthew chapter 9 uh verses 35 through 38 and we are going to read that So I'll give you just a second, well, a few seconds to go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And I'm going to start reading at the 35th verse. Here we go. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his field. Amen. That, that, that passage of scripture is, you know, it's pretty popular. We've all read it, heard it. Um, it's amazing. Jesus went into the towns. He went into the villages. He went into the synagogues. And he preached the kingdom. He healed sickness. He cast out devils. But it's, it's that point that he actually, when he saw the crowd, he was moved with compassion. Because he saw that they were torn. He saw that they were confused. He saw that they were helpless. They were sheep without a shepherd. So they had the synagogues. They had all of the order. They had all of the government stuff in place. They had all of these things there. But they didn't have people that actually cared for the harvest. And Jesus was moved with compassion. So he actually told the disciples, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out more workers because the harvest is ready. 
So I've entitled this message, His Heart is in the Harvest. His heart, meaning God's heart, is in the harvest. And I want to focus on that because there's three things I kind of want to point out really quickly that gets us to where his heart is, which is in the harvest. The first point is you have to love the one who loves the harvest. You got to love God. It's, it, and, and I don't want this to be a cliche because it really isn't. We have to love God. And in really in order to love God, we have to love Jesus. Even Jesus said when he was speaking to the people, how can you love God and not love the one who was sent by God, which is his son? We got to love Jesus. But I think even me reading this week, the Holy Spirit began to point out to me how the, the question that he was really showing me, and I had to ask myself this, what do we really love about Jesus? Is it that we love Jesus for what he can do for us, or do we love Jesus in how he represented or presented the kingdom of God? See, I think a lot of times we pick and choose what we actually like or love about Jesus. It's easy to talk about when you're a Christian to someone who isn't how Jesus walked on water because that's a cool story. That's awesome. Like whoever's listening to that, when you tell them, they're not going to say, oh, man, that that's so corny. No, that's awesome. That's, that's sweet. That's like Jesus walked on water. Everyone would love that. But when you start talking about things like Jesus being born in a stable, we, we hit on it every year around Christmas, but do we really think about that? Like, here's the king of kings that comes to us, and Jesus, you know, when you think of the queen coming to Australia, or when you think of a president coming into any other country, you know they're coming because, you know, you have motorcades, motorcades that come out, you have people that come weeks in advance, uh, just to prepare for who's coming. We all know when royalty is coming to our town. But when Jesus came, they couldn't even get a room for him. They put him where the animals were. He is the king of kings, and they put him in a stable, but we don't really talk about that. That's Jesus. We love to talk about how he fed the 5,000 because that's... That's an incredible story. Like, how do you do that? How do you take two fish and five loaves and multiply it to the point where you feed over 5,000 people? And it had to be good because two people came back and said, man, when are you doing this again? Like, that had to be the best fish and the best bread that anyone had ever tasted in their lives. But what about the Jesus when the man who had leprosy was walking up to him and said, will you make me clean? What, what about that Jesus? What about him? He was moved with compassion and he said, yeah, I'll, I'll make you clean. Maybe we don't understand what leprosy was actually back in that day because we have so much medicine now, we don't really think about it. But, but, but then if you touched leprosy, you were considered unclean. When he came, when anyone who had leprosy came around, you would hear people yelling, unclean, he's unclean, this man is unclean, don't go near him. 
So what if we're with Jesus and this man is coming up to him? Oh, he's unclean. And Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm moved. I, I'll make you clean. What do we say to Jesus then? Ah, oh, Jesus, this, this is not a good idea. This is, this is really uncomfortable right now because you're actually putting us in a place where we could be embarrassed being seen with someone who actually has a deformity, who actually has leprosy. Or even take it a step further. You are the Jesus of today. What if a man comes up to you who is unclean? What do you do? Are you moved with compassion? Do you say, yeah, I, I will make you clean in the name of Jesus? Do we, do we love the entire Jesus that we read in the Bible? Or do we pick things that we like about Jesus and say, okay, yeah, that, that makes me feel good. That, that's comfortable. I like that. Or do we let the Holy Spirit deal with our hearts and say, no, I, I need to know this whole Jesus because Jesus' heart is actually in the harvest. This is how we reach people. This is how we care for people, which brings me to the next point, And that is, you have to love the harvest. You know you're loving all of who Jesus is when you're loving all of who Jesus loves. I'm going to say that again if you want to write it down. You know you're loving all of who Jesus is when you are loving all of who Jesus loves. We call ourselves Christians. But is it because we like the title of Christianity? Because these days it's really nice to be a Christian. Like it's it's really cool to be a Christian. Just look on Instagram. You, you have how it looks. I actually been calling it lately the Instagram Christian. Because it looks so cool to be a Christian. And there's nothing wrong with the way Christians look. I, I, I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is we're being drawn more to how it looks on the surface than actually what it means to be a Christian. There's a difference between what we see as the Instagram Christian than it is opposed to the Jesus Christian. Because the Jesus Christian actually does what it means to love. He, he's the one that actually goes to the people. It, it's not about the look. It's more about how we respond. It's about the action See, we've, get, we, we've become more attracted to structures and systems of how churches look and less attracted to the people of those churches. Think about a structure. When you think of a structure or you think of a system, these are things that have to be assembled. You know, if I go to the store, I want to buy something for my kid or buy something for the house, it comes in a box. And when I get the box, I take it home and there's a manual that comes in it because when I open it, I have to read the manual of how to assemble the structure, how to assemble the very thing that I bought. But when it comes to any parent, anyone here that's a parent that had their child, how many parents do I have here? 
Just quickly, yeah. Any parent here, especially your first, if you ask them, well, is there a manual of how to raise your child? Every one of us would tell you, no, there's actually no manual because the person that you have is actually not manufactured. It is not a system. It is a life. And the way we raise lives is actually through relationship. It is in you to be a parent. You don't have a manual to raise a life. You learn how to do that through relationship. So a system could be a symbol, but relationship is substantial. You have to relate with one another. I know all of our visitors would know this, but those that have been coming for a while, we used to be up on the stage. We find ourselves down here now. But the reason for it is because it feels a lot closer to you guys. We feel a lot closer. There's more of a relationship there. It actually feels better. Am I right? See, you, you can't do community with words and have distance between each other. We have to be involved in each other's lives. We are desperately seeking for community. But until we actually step out and say, okay, this might be uncomfortable, but tell me your story. I've never met you. I've never seen you, but I want to get to know you then that's how relationship develops. But we like to stay in our little boxes because it's convenient. We like to get with our own little crews because we know them and it's comfortable and we don't actually step out and say, look, I don't know that person over there, but they have a story. It's probably very interesting because I don't know how similar it is to mine. I don't know how different it is to mine. But the only way I'm going to know that is if I actually make a step and do what we call relationship together. This is why we have cell groups. Cell groups are not here just for the fun of it. We're not here just to have people come and control everyone so we can sit in a little house for an hour and a half and say, okay, what did you do today? Um, Nothing. What did you do? Uh, It's not about that. It's about doing life together. Because this is what Jesus did. We got to love the harvest. In order to love the harvest, you got to put yourself out there and be willing to have relationship with, with one another. When you see a structure, you see a house, you know, even in the neighborhood that me and Anna live in, they've constantly been building since we've been there. So you can see how they put the wood up and you can see that it's going to become a house. But that doesn't mean when a house is built that it's a home. Because what makes a home is family. I'd rather be in a tent that has no type of structure to it, but if you have family, man, we'll we'll grow together. Because a house doesn't give you a family. And don't get me wrong, I believe in structure. I mean, there are things happening here even now that people, I could point them out to you that have you know, desire to raise their hand and give their time and volunteer just to help Melbourne Life, even as a church, grow and, and give some order and some structure around to some of the things that we need. This is great. But if I don't see the heart in the people that want to do it 
for the reason of gathering people and having relationship with each other, then what are we doing? What's the point? Because we can sit here and say, oh, look at how I built this, and yet not really invest into people and say, oh, look how that person has grown. Look how that person has, they were timid when they prayed in the beginning of the year, but now they pray with boldness because they know who they pray to. They didn't have quite the faith to actually step out there, but now their faith is so bold that they know when they speak they can move mountains. They weren't really sure when they prayed for healing if God was going to do it, but they kept pressing. And as we prayed together, they saw a breakthrough. And now they're the ones leading the charge when it comes to people that need sickness being dealt with. When it comes to saying, you can't stay. When it comes to saying, okay, my faith can supply, God can supply all my needs according to his riches and his understanding. I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. That's what it means to see people grow. You gotta love the harvest. And the third point is we gotta pray. We have to pray. And we have to pray individually, yes. We gotta work out our own salvation. We gotta pray to God on our own times. But corporately as a church, we got to pray. This year, we have to pray. I mean, whether it's winter rain that we bring back, whether it's a prayer tower, whatever it might be, we have together and actually pray together because the only way we're going to see incredible breakthrough in this city and in this community is if we all gather together and pray for the harvest. Pray that God will send more people into where his heart actually is. And the prayer that we pray, number one, we can't excuse ourselves. It's not like we can say, okay, Lord, send more people, but don't really, don't really worry about me. I already have enough on my plate. No, it doesn't work like that. Because even when you read Jesus, when he said, pray, he told the disciples, you pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send more workers. The very next verse, Jesus actually gives them the authority to go into the harvest. To preach the gospel, to heal sickness, to cast out devils. So when we're praying that God will send more people, guess what? Guess who those people are? It's us. It's not people that walk in the office of pastoring and evangelism and the fivefold. No, it's us. It's all of us. We are the workers of the ministry. We are the workers that go into the harvest because we're his disciples. It can't be about, okay, well, I'll be a leader because it sounds good. No. It's about, I'll be the one who disciples because I'm a person that is discipled by Christ. They were called Christians in the Bible, not because they looked so cool, but it was because of what they were doing. Jesus had been gone. He was gone. He was, he was next to the Father. They weren't called Christians when Jesus was here. He was next to the Father. 
They called them Christians because they saw what they were doing and it reminded them of what Jesus was doing when he was here. They were preaching the gospel. They were putting their lives on the line. They were willing to die for the gospel, for the kingdom. They were healing the sick. They were casting out devils because Jesus said these are the signs that will follow those that believe. So the term Christian, when you carry it, you don't carry it because you say, oh, I'm a leader and it's nice to be, it feels good to be looked up at. No, it's because you are actually saying, I'm willing to die for this. I'm willing to be humiliated for this because this changed my heart. This did something in me that you can't, you can't even possibly convey without the Holy Spirit. So yeah, I'll be the one that will go out because I'm not worthy to carry this, but God has given me and he's made me worthy. So I'll go into the harvest. Lord, send me. I'll, I'll do it. And that's how the term Christian came about. I'm not interested. We can't be interested in people who just say, I want to be a leader. Because I don't, I don't know what that means now. But I am interested in hearing people say, oh man, I've been getting with such and such. Oh, and the way they're growing is, is amazing. They've done this and they've done that. Oh, I, I can't be there because I'm, I'm catching up with some people who need prayer. Or I'm catching up with some people um, who's really struggling and I just want to pray with them. I just want to be with them. Uh, I'm walking with some people because they've been struggling in some areas of healing and I know God can heal. So I'm just working with them because their faith is coming up. And since their faith is coming up, I'm seeing some growth and they're actually telling me what you know is going on in their work area because they've actually stepped out in boldness and they've actually started witnessing to people not on their behalf because they're a little bit shy but the Holy Spirit has really done something in them and they've been telling me more about it and it's just amazing that's that's what's exciting His heart is in the harvest. Jesus could have died as a baby. Brahma said this before and it really it really stuck. He could have died as a baby and his blood would have been just as perfect as it was when he died around the age of 33. There's no change in the power of his blood. He was born king. He was born king. He didn't become king as he walked. He was born king. They could have killed him then and he would have redeemed everybody. But the purpose of Jesus staying on the earth was to show us this is how you disciple people. Because the great commission he gave us was to go and make disciples. You can't make that commission as a baby. We don't know how to do that. Jesus said you can make disciples why because I've shown you I've been the example you got to pick up your cross you got to follow me you got to be willing to lay down everything for the people and you can't do that on your own there's a change there's a transformation that you have to allow the Holy Spirit to do within you as a believer as a Christian 
want to get um, the musicians to come back really quick because I want to sing that song, Hold the Blood. I can't ask of you what I haven't been willing to do. Jesus couldn't ask of us what he wasn't willing to do. Ben said it the last couple times, which is so true. Jesus had to become one of us to reach us. And God always wanted to be in relationship with his people. That is why the law was given. The law was given so he could be amongst us. But not even that. The Bible says the law didn't make anyone perfect. So Jesus had to come. And when he came, he said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. So he shut out everything and made him the only way that you could enter into the kingdom. to getting his heart or when it comes to reaching the harvest we have to have his heart let's all stand let's pray Father I thank you I thank you Lord because it is a privilege to be used by you and Holy Spirit, I ask that you just challenge us, even over the course of the week, where your heart is, that our hearts will be where you are, and that is, the harvest is everywhere, and we want to be your vessels, we want to be those that that actually raise their hands and say, okay, Lord, you've transformed me, and you can do that through me with other people. So we lift our hands, Father, to be the proper ambassadors of Christ, who you've purposed us to be here on earth, to make disciples, to really make disciples, not to call ourselves leaders, but to really call ourselves disciples of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Have your way in us, Holy Spirit. For this year, 2018, we want to see incredible transformations, incredible conversions, incredible healings, incredible moves of your spirit, Lord. Just your freedom being released throughout this nation and even throughout the world. You have your way. Lord, I pronounce also the benediction on everyone, Father. I pray, Lord, that you will give us your peace and that your grace will follow us until we come together again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.